Hi, welcome to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep-deprived. I am your host, Meredith Bruff. I'm a wife, a mother of five, a childcare expert, and a sleep coach. I'm here to teach you the most effective sleep advice for infants and young children. With my guidance, sleep will become something that you look forward to again, and you will feel rested. I believe that motherhood is the most important and demanding role that we have. But the challenges and accomplishments that go along with it go unnoticed frequently. We are going to talk openly about these things so that we can draw strength and compassion from each other. I will share my perspective as a seasoned mother and help you experience more fulfillment. Hi, welcome to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. I'm your host, Meredith Bruff. I'm so excited to launch this podcast. I've been dreaming about it for a really long time, and it's really great timing because I'm celebrating my three-year anniversary for my company this month. Now, I've been working with children's sleep or with children and their sleep for about 18 years, and with children in childcare since I was 12, it's been over 30 years. I know a lot of you are probably tuning into this podcast to learn sleep tips, and that's super appropriate because if you're sleep deprived, then that's probably all you can think about. And if you don't want to think about sleep, then it doesn't mean you stop needing it, right? You still need it. So we're going to talk about sleep in future podcast episodes, but right now I want to focus on something that's even more important, something that affects motherhood in many ways. And is actually pretty helpful. It's mother's intuition, tuning into your instincts. But how do you do this when you become a new mom and everyone's giving all of this advice and it's confusing? How do you navigate that? It's overwhelming. I want to list some of the conflicting messages that you get from day one. And this is while you're feeling helpless and overwhelmed. But it doesn't stop in the beginning, right? It just keeps coming and coming and coming. And it makes you feel really mixed up. Let's see if you can relate to any of the confusion. Hopefully I can make you laugh for a minute. When you have a newborn, the first advice from grandparents, doctors, and nurses is listen to your baby and figure out their cries. You'll know what to do. Then over the coming weeks, friends and family say many more things. You might have an older generation telling you to hold your baby all you want, that you can't spoil a baby. And then you have other people saying, yes, you can. You're going to spoil your baby. You're creating all these bad habits. Don't co-sleep, even if you're super exhausted. Don't feed your baby to sleep. Put your baby down. Don't rock your baby. Um, you're going to mess up your kid. <laughs> they get really blunt, right? But in all of this, you still need to respond to your children's needs. So it gets really confusing. Is agonizing and it gets even more confusing when it comes to sleep because you're still supposed to be listening to your child's needs and figuring out what they need in the night and you know that they go through hard times like with teething and stuff but people tell you to ignore their cries because that's how they learn to self-soothe and that it's the only way that they'll learn to sleep so around four to six months old everybody including your doctor says if you want sleep ignore the cries Put in some earplugs and let your husband handle it. <laughs> so much of the sleep and mothering advice conflicts and it doesn't make any sense, right? A large part of my work with women 
is helping them unravel all of the confusion around how, what is going to create a bad habit. What's a sleep crutch? What's okay to do? What if I get my child sleeping really well and then they go backwards? How do I handle that? And they're just freaking out. Well, by the time your child is already just a few months old, you, I said that wrong. By the time your child is a few months old, you are already bombarded by so many negative messages about creating bad habits and crutches that it gets really hard to stop worrying. If that's happening that early, what happens when you have a six month old or 12 month old or you have two kids? So this is really, really hard work <laughs> to try and reprogram. But let's do an exercise and I'll help you out. Imagine I'm taking you by the hand, I'm looking you in the eyes, and I'm saying to you, look, I know you've heard a lot of things. You've read a lot of things. A lot of people are telling you what you should and shouldn't do. And people are making you feel like you screwed up or you're doing everything wrong. But I want you to look back at the experiences you've had as a mother. Would you really do anything differently? You know, you can't change the tools. You have to have the same tools and knowledge that you had back then. Would you change anything? Because you were learning to trust your instincts. You were responding to your child's needs. All that rocking and holding and loving and bonding. You were learning so much at that time and becoming a mom and making your baby happy. That's what people are criticizing. That's why I want to start this podcast talking about this. I want to help you believe you're a great mother, even if you feel confused. But I also want to help you feel stronger and grow. You have what you need inside you. You can ignore all of the unwanted advice whenever you want to. Because you're a woman with a mother's heart, with a child you've been given responsibility for, without any kind of real instruction. Nothing useful was given to you. Okay, not much useful instruction was given to you before. And you're doing an incredible job. You need to pat yourself on the back. Look at all the good you're doing. Look at how in tune you've become to your baby. Maybe you have a new baby and you're not in tune yet. That's totally normal. You're learning. It's going to get better. And I promise you, you're going to be the expert on your child. Good job on everything you've done. Or maybe you haven't bonded with your baby. And you feel kind of crummy about that because it hasn't gone as well as you thought it would. But I still want you to look at all of the good you've done. All the hard work and sacrifice and devotion and love that you have poured into your child. It has not been a waste at all. It's important. You've been doing the best you can and you deserve a lot of credit. Some of you are thinking, how can you tell me to follow my heart and tell me that's not going to spoil my child? How can I get my child to sleep in their bed when he won't let me put him down? Well, we're not going to talk about all those tips yet, okay? But we will talk about how they're all different and they have different needs. And your heart's going to tell you to respond to your child the way your child needs. Some of them need more holding and can't be calmed any, any other way. If you have a child that's like this, you will know. And I can't see you denying that from your child. So when it comes to sleep, you have to remember that. Some of them are really sensitive to all the developmental changes going on inside. And so they're going to need a lot more from you because they're sensitive. They, these are the types of kids who really need to be held more and coddled. And they insist on getting it. 
There are infants out there who are really laid back and they don't need as much comfort. These kids are just, they have like a built-in system of feeling peaceful when they're by themselves and just not being as needy. They learn to sleep really well. Sometimes they teach themselves, but most babies aren't like that. Your baby has unique needs and the only way to meet those needs is to identify them and give of yourself freely. All babies and toddlers need their parents to calm them when they don't feel well or they're not happy. They don't learn how to manage their emotions or their distress until they're around four or five years old. To help you understand why it's not your fault that your child is more dependent on you or resistant to learning sleep habits or needs to be held more, I will give you some examples to kind of straighten this out for you. Some babies will not sleep unless they're being held, especially during a leap or teething. Some kids will go back and forth and some kids are just always this way. It can go on for months. The moment you put them down, they wake up. What else can you do? Are you just gonna let them be awake? I don't think so. Some babies will only feed to sleep. Some moms try everything they possibly can to make a change and it just doesn't work. It leads to hours of exhausting power struggles and wrestling matches and they lose a lot of sleep. Did these mothers create the problem? I don't think so. Some babies will not fall asleep unless their parents rock them or they get on a yoga ball and they bounce vigorously. The parents didn't necessarily teach their babies to depend on this, even though it may sound like it. These are babies I, that I call motion babies. They need rocking, swaying movement to be able to sleep. And some of them with lots and lots of energy have a really hard time shutting down and going to sleep. Lastly, when mothers tell me that they never intended to co-sleep, but now they're at the 18 month mark and their child has never slept in a crib, are they to blame? I believe that in every one of these cases, these babies have a physical or emotional need for their mother's response. Nature led the mothers to respond the way they did and it worked for their babies. Their babies got the sleep they needed, the parents made it happen, and the parents got some sleep. And that's super important too. It's very hard for parents like this to change their children's habits alone. So they come to me and they move forward with patients using lots of creative ideas. Sometimes mothers start habits because they love to rock or nurse or hold their babies during naps. But generally speaking, children make changes on their own if what you're doing doesn't fit them. They find a way to communicate their needs. And also babies who don't need your response will change pretty easily. That's just another way of knowing whether or not it's your child's need or a habit. Have you ever seen an eight-month-old child, child <laughs> trying really, really hard to get out of their mom's arms so they can get down and play? Really, really high-energy children are not going to want to be in a sling and be snuggling all day long, right? This is just part of who they are. So we need to try to remember that we didn't train those things into our kids. Um, kids like that or other types of kids may not want to be held when they're tired either. Have you ever seen a baby fidget and roll and turn and flop all over the place while they're falling asleep or in their sleep? Well, these babies need space. Trying to co-sleep with a child like that would be painful. An elbow in the eye and you wouldn't get very much sleep. So. That's another way of knowing when your child is ready <laughs> for, the, for a change. Babies show their preferences as early as the first week. I've worked with babies who had FOMO or fear of missing out as early as the first week. It's insane 
people think that's made up, but it's not. It's a real thing. Those are babies who do not want to miss out on anything, and so it's really hard to get them to sleep. I hope that you understand now that you and your baby can be incredibly in sync with one another. I want you to stop blaming yourself for what's not going right with sleep. There is much more to understand, and better sleep will come. Um, I just wanted to spend a minute talking about mental leaps, okay? So moms and dads get overwhelmed and kind of go out of their minds and decide they're going to do some sleep training during these developmental changes that are going on. And that could be like a growth spur or mental leap, new milestones, teething. We're not going to really talk about a lot of this right now, but I just want you to know that during those times, parents need to respond even more to their children in the night because they can't calm themselves. Little ones can't calm themselves emotionally. They need your help during times that they don't feel well, when they're scared, uncomfortable, or dealing with change. A lot of the time, your child isn't sleeping well because of what's going on, and they need comfort. In the future, we'll talk about this more. I'll help you know how to pinpoint what's going on and how to handle it. But for now, just trust that your mom heart will tell you what to do You'll know how to respond in the way that your child needs. These might be responses that are frowned on, though, by a lot of gung-ho sleep trainers. Children cannot help how they feel when they can't sleep. Remember that when you are miserable, awake in the middle of the night, suffering with your child, that you are actually meeting a really deep need and you're building security. This is going to build a strong foundation of emotional and mental health. It's going to be necessary often to break the rules to give your children comfort. There are way too many rules around sleep out there. People don't even understand some of them, but they follow them religiously and they enforce them. But then there's other people out there who just feel confused and bombarded by them. And I'm hoping that you're the ones that I'm helping free you up so that you can listen to your instincts. Just remember that many of these rules get in the way of instinctive parenting. Your baby is going to insist on being held and rocked for hours want to be fed to sleep. Sleep in your bed or your arms at night and during naps. And that's gonna happen even after your child has strong sleep, sleep habits, depending on the temperament. So sometimes you might do something as crazy as drive your child to sleep. If you haven't had a child keep you up all night or skip naps for days, then you don't get it. But this is what we call survival mode. And you can bounce back from that. It can be okay. It really can. A lot of the times, especially the way that I teach children to have permanently good sleep habits and to feel secure on their own, they bounce back. So we meet their needs and then things work out later on. Remember that these times are temporary. They may last for a week with a tooth or weeks, several weeks with a mental leap. Um, but understanding what's going on can really help you have more compassion and strength. And you can take it moment by moment. Please remember that you're an amazing mother because you're constantly filling your little one's emotional bucket. And I want you to really remember this one. It's absolutely perfect to respond the way that your heart tells you to. Respond to your child even in the night when you're building sleep habits. No matter what the reason for the waking, or if they wake up too early, or they take a short nap, respond to your child within a reasonable amount of time, and much sooner if your child isn't used to it and doesn't tolerate the wait. I'm not telling you to spoil your kid. 
I'm not telling you that you should run to their aid every time they make a peep. But if your heart says your child needs you, don't turn it off. The feelings are there for a reason. You're teaching your child to trust you, to feel secure, and to be at peace. And nothing can feel better to a child. For those of you who have felt like you needed to ignore your child's needs at times to figure out sleep or because you're surviving, I'm not here to put pressure on you or to tell you that your child needs more from you or that you're not doing enough or giving enough. That's not my purpose. I want you to listen to your heart. I want you to trust yourself. I want you to ignore those things that tell you to go against your instincts or to go against your heart. Those messages that say you're doing things wrong or you're creating bad habits or you're creating a crutch. That's the stuff I want you to get rid of. Throw it out. Crumple it up. Stomp on it. It's over. That relationship is over and it's time for you to move on and learn to love and trust yourself and depend on this gift that you have. A lot of moms tell me that they don't have a mother's intuition and I don't believe it. They just need to start trusting and knowing that their instincts are there to help them. The more that you respond to this inner voice, the stronger it will get. So you need to listen and respond and then you'll see it grow. You've got this. It's going to be great. Trust yourself. Someday you're going to say something like, you know what? I'm the expert on my child. I'm the only one who gets to make decisions for my child and I don't need your opinion. And that's going to feel really good. And it's going to turn out well. Please believe that. It's normal to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. I promise you. There have been times when my instincts were wrong. And it's kind of embarrassing. But I have never been able to guess my children's gender. I don't have that gift. Um, there's been times when I wish I listened to my instincts. Like I've been to doctors and trusted them to give me what I needed for my children. And one time I told the doctor that my son had an ear infection. And when he looked, he said, nope, he looks fine. And that night my son was screaming and crying in pain until his eardrum broke. So that was one of those times. But I learned from it. I learned to trust myself. Lots of moms say that they have to learn the hard way. And I think that's important and okay. And there'll be times when you're around these really amazing mothers who have the superpower of being confident and having great instincts. It'll be tempting to be jealous, but don't be. In fact, be friends with them. Some of the most amazing mothers were my mentors and made me and made me become not made me, but helped me become the mother that I am now. Um, we all have different strengths and sometimes the ones that we want take a lot longer to develop, but if we plug along at it, they'll come. As the mama, you're going to be right a lot of the time. Like I said about the doctor situation, make sure that you have a doctor that listens to you. They need to consider what you have to say or you need to shop around again. <laughs> you're gonna get stronger and realize that if you don't fight for your child and you don't do what you know is best, nobody else will. And that is a really motivating and beautiful thing. How great is it that we get to choose what's right for our children, for our families, because we're tuning into what we know is best. It's an amazing thing to appreciate and respect about each other. If you're making decisions now that feel right and you're tuning into your heart, then you are already learning how to be a strong, intuitive mother. 
thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed this. I'm really looking forward to future podcasts. So I hope you'll tune in to the next one. And if you are interested in learning more about my services, please go to sweetslumbertime.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Slumber Time. And join my supportive sleep group called Successful Sleep on Facebook. Thanks for being here. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Sweet Slumber Podcast. The good, the bad, and the sleep deprived. If you enjoyed the show today, please take a moment to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. This will also help more mothers find my show. Thanks for listening.